Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. All right, let's go. One hour down, four more to go in our five-hour midnight ride. As we take you through the early morning into the warm-up show on this Thursday morning as we get ready for Wild Card Super Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. Say that really fast. Super Wild Card Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. Can't do it five times. Super Wild Card Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. That's about as good as it gets. 877-337-6666. And I am upset about Peacock. I'll tell you that later. But let's get to the Yankees real quick. I see all the calls. We're going to take your baseball calls. Guys, I'm with you. But I just want to, before I start taking some Yankee calls that are on the line, I do want to just talk about the story around the Yankees right now, uh, which is Stroman. And it's been, the reporting is just, it's so, this year is, has it ever been like this? Was it always like this? I know last year, obviously, the the famous uh, Heyman tweet of, of Arson Judge appears to be going to San Francisco. And my reluctance, which is one of my finest moments on the air here at the station when I refused to accept that, and I ended up being right about 30 seconds later. That probably is my greatest moment as far as, like, winning a, an argument or being right after I was getting dogged on. I miss those days. I haven't been I haven't been made fun of in forever. I almost miss it. It's to the point where Stephen A. Smith, uh, <laughs> when Stephen A. says someone's a, a fat piece of you-know-what, I'm like, me? Are you talking about me? I haven't had, you know, Craig and, and Evan getting on me for a long time now. I, I almost miss it a little bit. But um, that was my finest moment. But the reporting is just crazy with the Yankees and just all of this offseason. But it's like Stroman, all of a sudden, Stroman wants to be a Yankee two days ago. And then it was the Mets, the, the Yankees aren't interested. It's not reciprocated. Then all of a sudden it's, hey, the Yankees are in them. And then it's, hey, the Yankees are the favorites to get them. Like, it's just, it happens really quick. And let's just knock off a couple of things. One. The idea that this shows desperation from the Yankees. Hell yeah, it does. Hell yeah, it does. And it's funny to me that anybody would have a problem with that. I do want them to be desperate. We're talking about an all-in season. This is not a normal offseason. They need to get a starting pitcher. Now, he's not my ideal guy, but I think the Yankees absolutely need to be desperate. They had a meeting we talked about yesterday. They met in Florida. I mean, we're parsing words on what desperate means. They they should be desperate to sign a pitcher. And I talked about it yesterday. They're going to have to overpay for a pitcher, and I think that's what the meeting was about. Who do we overpay? Do we overpay with money? Do we overpay with prospects? Who are we overpaying for? Because I don't think Cashman right now is comfortable with anything on the table. If you asked his honest opinion, there is not a move to be made that he likes. Not one. But they are desperate, and they need to do something, and that's why they're probably even considering this. And now let's get into why I don't want him. I don't want him right now because I don't know if they're going to get two pitchers, and he's not good enough. That's just how I feel about it. He is not a number two. He's a a solid pitcher. Uh, He's an innings eater. Over the last two years, it's only been 130 or so each year. He's had some injuries. But for the most part, I trust him. He's an excellent third or fourth man. Excellent third or fourth man. Really, truly. Excellent. And he would help the Yankees. And if it's... 
they trade for Bieber and then they sign him, I'm all on board. If they trade for Burns and then sign him, 100% on board. If he is the second pitcher and he slots into the rotation behind another pitcher they add this offseason, if he is the second best pitcher they add, I'm in. He cannot be the one moved to the rotation. It's not good enough. I'm not in on it. So as of right now, I'm not really in on Stroman because I don't know if they'll get to, and he's not. I'd rather overpay for Snell than get Stroman on a good deal because I'm all in for next year. So that's my opinion. I don't want him because I don't think he's a second number two rotation piece. I want that guy. Right now, you can't trust Rodon to be that guy. If you told me Rodon is going to be that guy, then I'd feel better about getting Stroman, and I'd be okay with it. I can't trust Strom, uh, Rodon going back to being that guy. If I knew if I had a crystal ball and I said Rodon is going to go back to what he was two years ago and you have your number two right there, then I feel better about Stroman, but I can't count on that. I need the guy I put in as my second starter who starts the second game of the year. I need my number two to be acquired this offseason, and I can't take a risk that Stroman is their only guy. He's not good enough. What I don't care about, let's get into that. What do I not care about with Stroman? Any problems he may have had with Brian Cashman at all, or the Yankees, or any tweets that he's now scrubbed, I don't care one single bit. I don't care if he called Cashman an idiot. I don't care if he had problems with him. I don't care if he went outside during one of his, you know, out, uh, you know, outside sleepovers and heckled them all night and threw things at him. I have no, in- I don't care. I don't. This is a, this is a business. People put their differences be- behind them. I, I do not care one single thing he said about the Yankees. And honestly, as Yankee fans, I think we need to get a grip on ourselves and who, what we actually think we are. Like, I'm not trying to take on the fan base because you never win. I know that. But I'm a Yankee fan, right? And I don't care what he's had to say about the Yankee fan. Like, do you honestly care what Stroman has to say or how many people he's blocked? My only concern is that he seems to be extremely thin-skinned. And he's willing to attack back at people. And he's he jumps in on every conversation. And it could be an issue in New York if he's going to get involved in everything. And he's going to block everything, everyone who says something negative. And he's not going to be able to deal with it. That part is something that Brian Cashman has to figure out with guys coming to New York. But specifically, like as a Yankee fan, do I feel that if he, like, I'm so scorned by him or so like put turned off by him that I'm going to feel extra to go out there and boo him if he doesn't succeed. I, I, I know I don't care. I'll tell you right now, I'm a Yankee fan. The second you put on the Yankee Jersey, you're my guy. I, it's not that hard to figure out there are guys you like better and like worse, but you get a clean slate for me. Now there are people who do, they're obvious, like like Bauer, for example. If Bauer puts on a Yankee uniform, I'm going to have slightly different opinions because, I mean, he's dealing with something. We can talk about whether or not he's been exonerated or the, the circumstantial evidence and the evidence he has and all that stuff. I, but there are things people can do. Like, you know, that's why Herman's like, perfect game was so, such a, like, a bittersweet thing because you knew he had his issues and stuff. But for the most part, you put on a Yankee uniform, whether it's Roger Clemens, Johnny Damon, Wade Boggs, I don't care who, Ichiro, 
Not that I, you hated Ichiro, but he was part of that O one team. That you went to, you went, you went, you battled against them. I don't care who it is. Verlander, we hate Verlander. Verlander puts on a Yankee uniform. He's my guy. That's how it works. And I don't understand. Like we think we're better than like. And I'm not trying to tell you there's rules to being a fan because I think some of them are silly. I think you know the idea that I you can't also root for the Mets if you're a Yankee fan or you know again I just I've been taking on the fans for the last week about tanking as a Giant fan. There are many people who think I I'm doing something wrong as being a Giant fan, rooting for losses or hoping for losses that I think ultimately will lead to more success. It's about success for the team. And if Stroman comes here and pitches great, he's my guy. And if he pitches poorly, I'm going to try and cheer him on so he pitches better. Do you know why? Because that's what will be best for my team. The minute you put on a Yankee uniform, you're my guy. That's, how, that's it. There's no other way to do it. So like, I have no problem with anything other than I don't think he's the quality pitcher they need. Just like in 2019 when Brian Cashman said it, that got Stroman all pissed off. I don't think he's that much of a difference maker. He's a solid guy. I think he'd be better off for the Mets because they need solid inning eaters more than the Yankees do. But the Yankees could use him, no doubt. He he bolsters the rotation, makes it better. The Yankees would be better if they signed Stroman. Not, not good enough. Not what I'm looking for. If they trade for Burns and then we find out they signed Stroman, now I'm, now I'm pumped. Now I'm really pumped. But are there problems with him? Of course. Is Am I concerned about him being able to flourish or struggle more specifically in this town considering some of the thin-skinned nature he's, he's shown and some of the, you know, how he, he, he needs to get involved in every discussion and every argument on Twitter? Yes. That he blocks anyone who has anything negative to say about him? Yeah, I'm more concerned about that. But the idea that, you know, the fan base despises him or that Brian Cashman has an issue with him, I don't care. I don't care. We've hated guys before. We I hate, we hated Roger Clemens. Hated him. I hated Randy Johnson. He killed them in the 2001 World Series. I hated him. The second he puts on a Yankee uniform, he's a Yankee. And I would feel exactly the same way about Stroman. I would wish him nothing but success because he's his his success leads to my enjoyment. And I wouldn't be, like, dying to kill him if he was bad. I wouldn't feel any different about him being bad or, uh, or uh, Rodon being bad or anyone else being bad. My issue is they need better. I, I've said the names already. I, I'm, I'm firm on it. They need their, their – uh, I think it's five. Let's just go through them real quick. Snell, Montgomery, Bieber – Burns, Cease. One of those five guys have to be a Yankee. If they want to add Stroman on top of that, I'm in. But one of those five guys, and I'll give you the order I want them in, Burns, Bieber, Snell, Montgomery, Cease. One of those five guys have to be a Yankee. 877-337-6666. Let's go to Eli in Washingtonville. What's up, Eli? What's going on here? Listen, man. You know I'm not a big fan of Brian Cashman, and this is kind of scaring me this this all season. 
Mm-hmm. Finally got Soto in a trade, which is kind of even more scary because he might be a one-year rental. Yeah, and then we might be in square one again. You, you got Soto. Let's yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah. We, they did get the player. Let's see what happens. Yeah, but uh, a signing trade would have been better. But uh, yeah. anyway, with this pitching situation, Stroman is not the answer. We all know I agree. that. I agree. And, and and listen, the Yankees they need to get either Snell. Fine, Snell doesn't pitch long innings, but you know this guy likes to go to the bullpen early anyway. So. You know, Snow would be uh, an improvement. Yeah. Last year, he was better than people think. He he went six-plus more than people will give him credit for. But he doesn't go he doesn't go seven. He doesn't go eight, ever. But he's not a four and two-thirds, five-inning five pitcher every single night. He'll get into the sixth inning, but he doesn't go much deeper than that, to be fair. He, he won yeah, the Cy Young. That, he, he, he did something right. Yeah, and then at the end of the, the, end of the day, you know, it's you haven't spent money yet. So if you want no. to keep your prospects, you know, spend a little bit of money, you know, and and I just hope there's not a one trick pony like Rodon was yesterday. I think I wish Soto was not. I hope Soto's not the one trick pony that the Yankees are going to pull off and then get a whole bunch of yeah. Type players. No, I mean, I, I, I of course, Eli, I'm 100 percent with you. I agree. I agree. I hope it's not either, and I and I think they're determined on it not being, and they're trying to figure out what they're more comfortable with doing. And that's why, in my estimation, that we've got you're starting to hear the the rumors of the different pitches they're involved in, like Strowman. And I, I don't think I don't think they love Strowman. I don't think they're the guy he's the guy they're looking for, but it's it's they're discussing it because they need to get someone. And there's the thought that maybe they're trying to put some pressure on the other players to uh or other organizations if you're talking about trades, where it's like, hey, look. We've been trying with you. We, we want you, but I, I can't play this game forever. I'll I'll pivot to Strowman. So, but ultimately, they they know they have to do something. They have to do something to that rotation. They know this year is an important year, and they have to go get it. I, I, at least that's that's the difference between the Yankees and Mets right now. No other difference between what they've actually done so far. I mean, Juan Soto and Verdugo are better than what the Mets have done, but. I, I as far as spending money and and attacking this season, and, and particularly this rotation, it's not so much that the Yankees have done better than the Mets. It's that at least the Yankees seem like they're out there attempting. Now, if they don't if they don't get over the finish line, I'll kill them. I, I'm a, I I am I will be very upset at the at Brian Cashman at Hal Steinbrenner. They cannot just get Soto and and Verdugo and just say, "Hey, we tried." Can't happen. John and Hazlitt, what's up, John? Hey, Chris, um, I wanted to make a point on, on what you said. You said you wanted to make a little sense of what the, the Mets are trying to do. This yeah. is what I'm, I'm thinking. Well, no, I, well, I, I'm going to let you say exactly what you want to say, John. But what I specifically asked for, if you're trying to say what I said, I'm asking you, the callers, specifically, if you could tell me why in getting some players on short-term deals like a, a J.D. Martinez or Justin Turner or Solaire or you know bringing in a Montgomery – how that hurts the plan. I kind of know what the plan is. I'll let you talk, but I'm curious why would anything why would these other moves to help this year's team hurt the plan moving forward? So, this is why I think it hurts the plan. Okay. And I don't agree with it, but I think this is what Stearns has in his head. Okay. Let me hear. Not the owner. All I right, Stearns not the owner. Got gotcha. you. No, no. 
not the owner, Stearns. Yep. Cohen's willing to spend the money. Stearns says, I want to build my team. I want to build a farm system. I think I'm smart enough to be able to do this, but we need to get rid of all the old people that are here. So they, his goal is to be a 75-80 wins team this year. The biggest mistake that could happen to the Mets is if they win 85-88 because come to the trading deadline and the Mets are eight games out of 500, the fans are going to be screaming, let's go get another bat, we're right there, let's go get another bat, we're right there. Right. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to trade. He wants to trade McNeil if he has another he wants to. He wants to sell, you're saying? He wants to, yeah. He wants, he wants he to wants sell McNeil, he wants to sell Alonzo? McNeil, he wants maybe Alonzo, maybe not. And I, I, I'll get to Alonzo. He wants to sell... Um, um, the right fielder, uh, Marte. Team, um, Marte. Marte. If he does good, if he has another good year, he wants to sell him. Get all these prospects back. Maybe sell Pete and then try to offer him back, but I don't think they're going to be that stupid. They're, they're, yeah, they're no, they, have you a can't count people. on that. All right, but I, listen, I kind of said that. Have... I said that in the open a little bit. Like, I think, I think he wants the. I think he wants to create his team. I, I I totally agree yes. with that. I think, and I think, honestly, I think they were talking to him since last trade deadline. I think this is. I think a lot of 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 David Stern's thought process has seeped into the Mets, even going back to the trade deadline. Not necessarily to break it down and trade, but to have that narrative of next year will be a step back year. I think the idea of this well, year being a step back year has been Stern's idea from the beginning. What I think he wants to do is. Maybe sign Alonzo to a long term. Then you have um, go after Soto, have him for a long term. You have uh, the shortstop in um, Lindor. He's going to be here. Lindor, he's, he's going to be here yep. for the long term. Yep. All right. And maybe, I don't know what their thought process or what anybody's thought press uh, on center field is. I mean, I love the guy, uh, Nemo. Well, he's not going to be. They just got Bader to move him off for this year. Nimmo is no, no longer the long-term well, that's, center That's another thing. That's another thing. During the press conference, they couldn't. he couldn't tell him whether or not he was playing left field or center field. Yeah, I mean, so he, what, he, he, waffled, he waffled between the both. He said Bader's going to play a lot of center field. I think Bader's the starting center fielder. That's what I think. Opening day, who's starting in center field? Bader. Nimmo's going to be in left. Marte in right. That's your outfield. Now... Depending on how poorly he hits against right-handed hitters, uh, right-handed pitchers, excuse me, you could see some sort of uh, maneuverability and put Nimmo in center and maybe McNeil in left and and uh, play some you know play uh, someone at second base. Figure that out. But I I fully yeah I don't I, I agree. I think he wants to build his team a little bit. I I do. I don't know about Pete. That would be the ultimate tell tell if Pete Alonso gets moved then this is Stearns building his team from the ground up. That's what he wants, because you can't tell me the owner would is is on board for that. You can't tell me that the owner's like, I don't want to pay Pete Alonso. There's just no way. There's no way I, I, I don't believe that. I, there's no way I believe that. He definitely would pay him whatever the cost. So if they move on from Pete Alonso, this is Stearns reshaping 
the Mets in his image. And hey, again, it might work. I'm not even who I'm not even telling you the plan's gonna fail. I just don't see why you can't try and do both. Maybe if 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 he does this and just breaks it all down and rebuilds it from the bottom to top, in six years you might have a sustained organization of winning and be better off for it. I don't know. It's plausible. If that's how smart and good Stearns is at his job, and then he starts incorporating money, that's fine. I don't I don't punt. I don't punt one year, let alone three or four. If I have Steve Cohen, I'm, I think as a fan, I want to win. Yeah, sure, maybe in six years I'll forget about these these miserable six years, but I'm the Mets. I've had how many miserable years? I want to win every year. Do both. Spend the money and build. You can do both. The Dodgers do it. The Dodgers have an incredible farm system. And yet they have Freddie Freeman. And they just added a billion dollars in the offseason. They have the money to pay $700 million and the assets to trade for glass now. Like, go be that organization. Now you have the smartest guy in the room and you have the richest owner in baseball. Go be the Dodgers. Don't try to be Milwaukee for the next three years until you feel like you have a good Milwaukee team and then have Steve Cohen spend money. Do it all together. Steve in Stanford. What's up, Steve? How you doing, Steve Mac? Good. How are you, buddy? So, I'm good. Thoroughly enjoy the Yankee debates I had with you, and um, truly think I agree with 95% of what you say. But I, um, I'm glad you gave me a 5% to work with. Nobody's perfect. So I totally agree with everything you said up to the list of Yankee pitchers. Okay. And to me, it's so clear, so clear. Blake Snell, and I know he was. You know, you talked about him, and you want him over Stroman. But I think you had Bieber, someone else ahead of him. Stern, uh, St- uh, Burns, Blake- and Bieber ahead of him. Yeah, I like Corbin Burns, even though he's only really two years proven. But I agree with you. But my order would be Snell, Burns, Bieber, Stroman. And here's why. I love how Montgomery on the list. Uh, Okay, I'd put Montgomery. I'd go Snell, Burns, Jordan, then the other guys. Okay. And I really want Snell first for these reasons. A, he was on my fantasy team. And the guy might have only gone six innings. But the guy gave up two hits and struck out twelve guys. I know, and gave and, and won all the right. time. And, and, all right? so, and the other thing about him and that people get on him for is the walks. If you listen to him talk and you watch him pitch, he walks people because he does not give in, and he knows yeah, how I agree. he knows how good he is. He knows how he can strike people out. It's not that he's just crazy wild. But if he falls behind, he's not going to. He's not going to give in. He's not going to try and get back into the the count. I was listening to uh, John Boy, and they were doing the difference, the statistics, and just real quick, I'm going to let you finish. Um, the difference between Cole and Snell when they were heading, I thought it was really fascinating. When when they were ahead in the count, and when they were behind in the count, when 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 Snell is ahead in the count, he is unbelievable. He's the best. He's, mm-hmm. he, his numbers are crazy. A 200 OPS. He the the batter mm-hmm. has a 200 OPS. Mm-hmm. When he's behind in the count, the batter has a 946 OPS because when he falls behind, he knows how good he is. If he can get ahead, he's willing to be. If he's down two and zero, oh, if he's down three and one, he's going to walk him and say, "I'll get the next guy" because I know I I'm the hardest pitcher to hit. I'll give you the base. He's comfortable doing I that. Totally it, can get, that. You, it can get I you. It can get you in. Tr- it can get you in the same amount of trouble. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying hey, so he walks people. It's not. The, but my point is, it's not that he's just crazy wild. He's smart wild, and that can bite well, him in the ass. It, him not, it can bite him I, in the I ass. But people, 
Yeah, good. But people talk about him not going deep in games, too. Yeah. Well, give me 12 strikeouts in six innings any day of the week. I agree. I mean, the guy's over In today's baseball, also, I agree. Well, people don't talk about him enough. He's also, from the American League, he's proven from his days with the Rays. So yeah. The guy's pitched in our division. Yeah. So and I think, me, his relations, I think his relationship with Judge would help ease his transition uh, to the team and the, and the city and, and everything. I, I, if Judge would have his back. I think that would help with the fans immensely. Uh, I just I, I think it's a good fit. I do, but I think the price tag is big, and I'm trying to sign Soto next year. I mean that that's the main. I get reason. it, but you know what? Here's the other thing about about it's time to be the Padres. Okay, we've got Soto <laughs> from them. We're we're about to get Snell, and then the next one to me is Hater. Like if we come back, and I don't think we've signed Wandy yet, but it, do you know how lefty beautiful we are? If we get Wait. Hater to close him, and then we've got, and now we've got Soto in his bat. And then we start out with Cole, and then go to Snell, and then go to Rodon, who is going to come back, and then bring back Nasty Nestor. That's three lefties surrounding Schmidt and Cole. That is Yankee beautiful. And we haven't seen that in so long. It's time to be the Padres of last year. Bring in Hader, bring in Snell, and lock the doors. Because then we'll be the Yankees of the old. I I hear I don't I, might, I hear you. So okay, one more. I I don't know if I love giving uh, any reliever a hundred million dollars. I just don't know. I just don't uh, know. I'm willing. That and, guy. And again, that you gotta, guy. You gotta you gotta sign Soto next year. Like you, you, know, you're gonna give you know Snell two hundred. You're gonna give uh, Hater uh, one hundred. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna give three hundred million dollars this off season, and then you're gonna go give five hundred next. Like it's a lot, man. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I just don't know if they will. So I, I, I well, if if it comes take, down oh, to it, I'd rather have I'd yeah. rather have I'd rather have Soto than than either Snell or uh, Hater or either of them or both of them. Uh, I'd rather have Soto. But I think the problem is and this is where I wish King Cohen was earning his name as a longtime Yankee season ticket holder. I was hoping he would push the young Steinbrenner towards being the old one, and that if King Cohen came in and started being King Cohen, that they would feel the pressure to win back New York. And I think that's how well, I think they, Cohen sitting on his hands yeah, has hurt the Yankees. Maybe. I, I, I get the point. I do think the Yankees have got the, the itch, though, right now. Don't you think they're trying? I mean, they just there's, there is a financial budget. They have shareholders. They have the, the tax on the, on, the, on the building. Like, there's just things. There's money that they already have. If they could get rid of Stanton in some way, if they can get rid of Rodon in some way, and that's really the contract that's going to kill you, unless he's great this year, which we'll see. I, I find it hard to believe he's going to be just great, but if he is, it'll help. But that's the contract they wish they didn't do, is the Rodon contract last year. If they could go back and not sign that contract, you'd feel a lot better about giving Snell a bigger bigger contract here. But And then who knows? Next year we'd be talking about, oh, if they only didn't give Snell the contract, he was awful. <laughs> who knows? But I, I think that's a lot. And honestly, if you that's why... You do. You, I don't know if Bieber is better than Snell. In fact, I don't know. If, I don't know if he is. I don't think he is necessarily. But I want Bieber because I want the one year commitment. I'm all in for this year, and then I want the best opportunity to sign Soto next year, and then we'll go about planning for the future. I'm all in this year because I can't keep Soto without you know certainty. I don't know if I'm going to get Soto, so I'm going to go all in to win while I have him. And that's why I want. And then next year I'll look to pay him. And I want as much money plausible to to have to go pay him. That's why I want Burns. That's why I want Bieber. That's why they're the two pitchers at the top of my list. Because I want the short-term commitment. 
And then, hey, if it works out and we get him and we can sign Burns next year, great. But I'll, I'm willing to trade the assets to have to have an ace pitcher this year, the best pitcher available. I, all the names I mentioned, I think Burns is the best pitcher. So I get the best pitcher. I don't have a long-term commitment to him. I go and try and win for 24. And then after this year, I make sure I move heaven and earth to try and re-sign Soto. And then whatever money's left over, I'll try and bring back whoever and work my pitching staff. But at least I, I got the guy and then I'll figure out my staff. And I'm, but I'm all in this year. So that's why they're my top options. I'd rather trade away some prospects, save that money for next year, and still be as good as possible for this year. I'm all in on 2024. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, yeah. So, yeah, I mentioned the, the Peacock thing. I talked about it yesterday. I'm very disappointed. Very, very disappointed. I called the bar in the area that I'm going to be in the basement where there's a golf simulator and such. They're not going to be able to get Peacock. Damn you, the NFL! You greedy bastards! I just wanted to watch the game and play golf at the same time. Sounded fun. And I guess I could do that for the early game and then... Upstairs is kind of like a restaurant type thing. I guess we could get a table or we could quickly skedaddle somewhere else, but now it's become a big pain. Stupid peacock. Apparently they, they, they I think the televisions are like like big projectors or something. So like the, the, he just told me there's no way they could do it. Bummer. So I gotta figure something out. And that game is going to be interesting. I'll tell you that right now. What is it? It's supposed to be what? Seven degrees? Miami. I saw something oh. that said it could end up being the coldest game oh, in NFL history. Amazing. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, it's so cold. Would, are there concerns? Like, I had a buddy who went to the the giant Green Bay game in in January of 08. The, uh, the championship game, Brett Favre, on their first Super Bowl run. And he told me that his whiskey in his cup was freezing now i put whiskey in the freezer sometimes i put vodka in the freezer it doesn't freeze solid so i mean it was it that's how cold it was it was worse than in a in a freezer is there some sort of like temperature where the state or the city would have some sort of issue with eighty thousand people out in the elements i don't know I don't know if they would, but yeah, it's supposed to be that cold. And that's the part, like, as the, I saw Mirage tweet this about Buffalo. Buffalo apparently is going to have bad weather, too, on uh, on Sunday, talking about 30-mile-an-hour winds. So weather might have a role to play in, in, a, in a couple of these games here. But Kansas City, the later we get, the longer the season, the later we get to push it back, these city, and then especially you put it on a night because we got to have a primetime game. Can't be 1-4 and four on Saturday. It's got to be 4-8. and eight. You're going to get some of these these cold, frigid games. But, I mean, that's it's a tough spot for this Miami team. The injuries they're dealing with. I think Tua came out and publicly said he's never played in a game uh, lower than 30 uh, degrees. So, I mean. And now he might be 30 degrees lower than 30 <laughs> degrees. Be, yeah. Yeah. Might be absolute zero. Uh, that's how cold it's going to be. So, that's going to be a, 
a fun, and that's an interesting, obviously an interesting matchup with what the Chiefs are. If this was a normal Chiefs season, I think, I think a lot of people already think Miami is just flying to their doom uh, to Kansas City just to get beat. But I mean, if it was the typical Kansas City team, I think every it would really be. But I, the way they've played and the struggle of this passing game. It's going to make the – I still think it makes the game somewhat interesting. We'll see how the Miami adjusts to it. We'll see how Tua adjusts to the cold. I think it's absolutely going to play a factor. Obviously, the injuries that they're dealing with, uh, the the loss of the uh, of the pass rush and Chubb for the – you know, being in that game when he was. It's it's not only just the injury, it's the, the, the devastating nature of the injury and when it happened and the impact it has on the team, all of it. I mean, it's going to be a tough game uh, for Hill to go back to Kansas City and win that football game and this Miami team – to go and do it, but you know what? It's plausible. I you mean, want to see something amazing? Yeah. Look at the weather for Kansas City. The game's obviously Saturday night. Yeah. For Sunday and Monday. It's, Saturday it's, is the best of the three. Is it really? The high for Sunday yeah. is zero degrees. Oh, my God. The low is minus 11. And then on Monday, the high temperature is three degrees. So if they get eight, nine degrees on Saturday, pretty lucky. Look at that. You're right. Well, yeah, Saturday, a low of minus four on Saturday, I'm getting. A low of minus four, and then minus nine on Sunday, minus ten on Monday. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's just a, it's a, it's an amazing cold stretch uh, streak they're going with. So it, did, it wouldn't have mattered what day they picked. But Saturday is lo- a low of minus four and a high of seven. And cloudy all these days, so it's going to be dark, too. Yeah, no, I know. I love. I'm. I'm excited to watch it. I can't wait. I'm gonna have to go to a different bar, of course. Or just how quickly or change it is my plans Peacock? Altogether. Like they do the shot of like some lunatic out in the stands with no shirt on. Oh, 100. Yeah, definitely painted all red or something. Yeah, I know. Oh my god! I, tough if guy. David tough Tepper guy's was at this up. game and tried to throw a drink at a fan, <laughs> it, would, it would freeze it midair. Would freeze <laughs> they would just get hit with drop. They would hit with ice droplets. Uh yeah, who will be who? They should have a a, a, a prop bet, which uh, which players uh, the odds on players warming up with no shirts on. That's usually wide receivers, right? To show there, you think I don't think Hill would show up and not have a, a shirt on. I think he's proven too much in this league. And he's also he's used to yeah, Miami used, temperatures. Right. His body's not used to the cold anymore. Yeah, that would, that's yeah, gonna Kadarius Tony. Well, he always wears that like hood, that very tight. I don't think he. I don't think he messes with the cold at all. It could be. It could be fifty-five degrees out. He's got that hood around his head. Hey, you're right. You know, if there was ever a player that just decided <laughs> I'm not playing today because of the cold, it's Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I was, you guys I, make I, it I to the division many, round. I'll at see that then. temperature. I wonder how many targets he even has. I bet you. I bet you Mahomes doesn't even go near him. Guy that, has hands of stone when it's nice out. <laughs> no, that's a good. That's actually you. Just, you just sold me prop bet. Whatever the receptions are for, for him, I'm taking the under. Whatever the Tony Tony yards, receptions, all of it, under. Let's remember that and tell Marco <laughs> tomorrow we all go on our yeah. phones and bet it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 100% in. All right, back to the phone calls, 877-337-6666. We still have all day tomorrow, uh, another five-hour midnight ride to get into the football. We'll get into a little bit more of it uh, as we get through the night. But these baseball teams are pissing us off. That's right. And the Met fan has finally come around to it. Gary and Mayapak. What's up, Gary? What's up, C Max? Hey, you couldn't be more wrong with the Stroman take, and you couldn't be more wrong with the Stern take. Sounds good. First Tell of, me why. As a, 
as a Met fan, yes. I had my take Strowman. The guy is a cancer in the clubhouse, mm-hmm. he's a cancer on the team. Everywhere he's been, when he leaves, he leaves a stink. To be honest, I think he's a, a reverse racist. A lot of stuff. Well, I, don't, I don't want to get into that. I understand. No, I don't want to either. Yeah, I, I, a lot of even when he was here with Dominic yeah. Smith, he turns you know stuff into that. But I just don't think the Yankees need that headache. I would much rather, as a Met fan, I want Trevor Bauer. And if the Yankees were smart, hey, listen, I don't really yeah, but, like the Yankees. Uh, see, I but that's super- I, I understand that. But I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I understand your your point. A little bit on Strowman, but you just like think of what Bauer has went through and been accused of. Strowman has never done anything criminally wrong. He's never been in trouble at all, and you have no problem. You want Bauer, but uh, you know Strowman is this uh, terrible cancer that you cannot have on your team. Like I mean, you said it. You said it. Yeah, and and Bauer's teammates openly hate him. The Dodgers could not have distanced themselves any more the second he got in trouble. They hated him in Cleveland, uh, uh, in in LA, in UCLA in college. My God, it, it's good. Go, good luck trying to find someone to say a positive word about him. I mean, but he's but he's cool. But Stroman, no, Stroman's no good. I'm saying the guy was accused. He was never convicted. Never I, underst- convicted. I understand you know, that. No. I understand that. I'm not even sure he was ever charged with anything criminally, but he was accused <laughs> of terrible natured things. He was sued. I'm just saying, and there are pictures out there. I, I'm just saying. No, no one, no one's ever accused Strowman of anything other than tweets they don't like and being blocked on Twitter. I mean, there's a difference. And I'm not interested in having a whole show about the difference between Bauer and Strowman, but it's just funny that the first guy who calls me and says, oh, Strowman, can't have Strowman, he's a disaster, he's going he's gonna to eat the, the Yankees from the inside out, but, oh, I want Bauer on my team. Like, it's just... Who the Yankees ace, we know, despises. <laughs> despises him. And now he said for the Mets, not the Yankees, to be fair. But still, it's just, it seems a little... Like, we're not... Nah, he did, he was starting to go there. If the Yankees were smart, he, yeah. he was going to say it too. Yeah, it's just... It's a little, like, let's just be fair. Let's be fair. Bowers had his issues as well as off, off the field and everything. On the field, his teammates, he is not someone who is beloved. And that's part of why he ended up in the, the situation he was in, because nobody had his back. Nobody. Nobody was there to defend him. Nobody was there to say, oh, this is not something that he would do. Nobody was there to, because he didn't, have, he didn't have a single friend inside Major League Baseball. Not one. And I'm not trying to knock him. Like he, He's been through a lot, and I do think people are entitled to, to second chances, and the caller was right. I don't think he was even charged criminally. His, the, the, the lawsuits all ended without him having to pay a dollar. He was not, fine. He was not found liable for anything. Like I, I, I get it, and there are a ton of, and he's come out with, and there's been a lot of pictures and text messages and information and proof that, it's not quite what we thought it was, and you know, it seemed like she was kind of out to get him and ensnare him in this kind of situation. I don't know all the. I'm not going to tell you he's perfectly squeaky clean. He still did things I wouldn't do, even if I were asked to do them. Uh, as far as I know, but as far as I know, that's what he did. I know the things I think he did. I wouldn't have done even if I were asked to do it. But I get it. And he deserves a second chance. And if he were to sign with the Yankees, I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how I would feel about it, but I don't think I would just 
harp on it and go, oh, my God, the Yankees are a disgraceful organization. I don't, I don't know how I'd feel. But I'm, I'm open to it on some level because there are, you know, there's evidence here. And again, not a, I don't think he, he wasn't charged with anything. And the lawsuit ended up netting zero dollars. He was not found liable for a thing he didn't have to pay a dollar. So he deserves a second chance. I'm open to that. But when we're talking about Strowman and then, you know, that, oh, you, you're dead wrong. You can't bring Strowman to, onto your team, but I want Bauer. It's just, it's not fair. It's, it's not being reasonable because there are the same issues, especially in the club. You want to talk about a clubhouse cancer. This guy, you know, first of all, we go back to the beginning. He, he couldn't pitch in a playoff game because he cut his finger fixing a uh, drone, right? He's got, he's a different kind of guy. Um, and his teammates don't like him. Other teams have kind of rallied behind their guys a little bit on some level, right? Asuna with the Braves. He had an issue with domestic violence. He got suspended. He got an issue with drunk driving. He got suspended. I didn't see a single Brave teammate come out and say, get this guy off the team. The Dodgers almost unanimously where we are done with him. But I, I think he deserves a second chance. I just don't know. If right now that would be the move, but I don't. But to my the point about Stroman, I don't want Stroman. I don't want Stroman for the Yankees, namely because I want a better pitcher. I want someone I can slot into number two, and I don't view him as such. I view him as a innings eater, back end of the rotation, certainly a you know a serviceable pitcher, an excellent four starter, a very good third starter. But I'm looking for a two starter. I'm looking for that second ace. That's what I want the Yankees to get. He does not move the needle for me in that way. But all the surrounding noise, I think we can all look past. Chris in Farmingdale. What's up, Chris? Hey, C-Mac. What's going on? What's up, buddy? How are you? Um, you know, the thing with Stearns is uh, you know, I, I understand, and someone mentioned that on, on the uh, the comment section of the uh, journal article that I read about uh, or watched on the video, that, well, he's not going to say that, you know, um, yeah, we desperately need a hitter because then they're going to, all the blood suckers would come out and say, okay, mm-hmm. let's up the, up, you know, you know, the thing is you could say in a way, so yeah, we're actively searching. We obviously need the eight. It's no secret. You could say something like that, but you know what? It, it just seems like the Mets keep getting these GMs who don't know how to say the right things. And if, if you're telling me that it's not essential to get a hitter four years after or three years now into the D eight spot, um, that means, Next year, it's not going to be essential to get a hitter because you're pretty much, I think, at least 99%, you're going to have the same lineup next year. You're going to have Mark yeah. in the team because this is his contract year. Um, so, so you're telling me now, oh, they're not going to get hitters now. I mean, and now all this, this is, this is another thing I can't stand about the Mets. I hate these things that just come up out of nowhere. Oh, we only have $10 million to spend now. When are they going to get the communication? This is what, this is what the, the first thing they need to fix this organization. It's the communication. I don't know if it's the PRs. Or what have you? Why is it always a mis a mixed bag of communication? It's embarrassing, and this is why we're the laughing stock. Why can't they just hire the right person who knows what to say? Just be honest at the beginning of the offseason. Listen, this is our budget, and this is what we're, I could. We might not like it, but at least you said it then. Now it's said, oh, we only have ten million to spend. Why? Because you gave Manaya fourteen million, you gave Severino thirteen million. And now you want to build a casino. I don't want the casino. I want the team to be good first. Then you worry about the casino. Yeah. I mean, this guy, this owner is becoming a fraud. It's, it's, I'm so sick of it. It's like in 2010 through 2019 or 14, where it was, um, 
they, they said, listen, by 2019, this team should be taken off. We, 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 we're going to rebuild and we'll take off. Now it's past that. We're, not, we're, we're, we're going nine years after the last World Series appearance. And now it's like, oh, wait, wait till 2025. 225 comes. Oh, wait till next year. 2030 comes. Wait till 2040. No, I, I'm I, tired I, of waiting. What, I, what's wrong with these Mets fans? Like, what are you, Kansas City fans? I, I, I'm 100% with you, Chris. I'm tired of waiting. That would be my, if I were a fan, if I were a Met fan and they had banner day again, my banner would be I'm tired of waiting. And for a couple of years, at least he, he acted in that vein. It didn't get you the championship, but it got you a damn good team that, 101 games should have held on to the division, and your ace pitchers that you counted on down the stretch completely failed you. And your offense kind of went dark as well. Like, you need you need to add a bat. You're 100% right. And saying the wrong thing, like, I think it's overrated. It's doing – I'm not much on that. Like, if he's just – like, if he's saying this because he doesn't want to up the price and he ends up getting one of these guys, then I don't care what he said. I don't care what he said. But I understand in the moment it pisses you off because it all you can go on is what they say. And what they're saying right now is they're done. They're done with this offseason. And it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. And I don't understand how it hurts the process moving forward. Like, I get it. I understand the plan. Like, someone just tweeted at me. Um, David Stearns was hired to rebuild the Mets. Rebuild. He, uh, he wasn't given a team with $150 million payroll and said go wild. He was given $350 million and told to try and break it down in 24 and then go wild in 25. Hopefully adding guys from trades last year. Yeah. There is no rebuild. You don't rebuild. The Yankees don't rebuild. You don't rebuild. The Dodgers haven't rebuilt. You're building while you go. And the idea that he's supposed to break it down, who, who said that? Why are we breaking anything down? That's what I'm saying. Why are we breaking it down? And if you tell me you're breaking it down, and how does a short-term contract to to add a DH when you you know the DH comes to the National League and the Mets act like the, that they're still hitting their pitchers? Like they haven't had a DH here since. Go get a DH and actually have someone in the lineup that can impact the team and score some runs and then get a pitcher who you can count on as opposed to just hoping comes through for the first time in four years. Like, there's no reason. You can do both. You can do both. And it's frustrating, and I understand that that call is point. When? When? When am I? How long am I supposed to wait? Am I supposed to be the Orioles? Sure, they got a young, talented team now. Great. Took 10 years of losing. And I'm not saying it's going to take 10 years of losing. You know why? Because the Mets have money and the Orioles don't. So use it and spend it and get people who can help this team this year. It doesn't cost you anything but money. And he's got tons of it. 877-337-6666. Ed DeLimo drivers on the line. We'll get to him on the other side of the update. I'm sorry, Ed, but I got a break. We'll come back, continue to take your baseball calls. Maybe talk a little bit about the coaching carousel and Nick Saban. We can get to Nick Saban, who is now out at Alabama, and it sounds like there's already someone interviewing for the job. Maybe they'll be they'll have the goodbye, Nick, long uh, death to the king, long live the king ceremony. That'd be nice. <laughs> 